Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to positively impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we're all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media, and I'm grateful you're here. Hello. Okay. So as you guys are aware, I am somebody who's very passionate about speaking the real and just letting go of the perception of topics that maybe aren't going to be discussed often by others. And in life, it is very important to understand whether your personal focus is the main drive here as to why you're joining us, or if it's more professionally based, I want you to have this in the back of your mind. Now, pre- pre-losing my sister to a fentanyl drug overdose, I really did not understand a way to empathically connect with other people in their grief to the level of what I do now. And there was an author who was on Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah, and she actually wrote a book after she lost her husband. And it was basically helping people and understanding how to have conversations with individuals who have struggled through grief. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is a lot of people get very awkward. They get very awkward. They shut down. They don't know how to do it. So this episode is actually going to be helping you to understand conversations, skill sets, and also if you yourself are going through some form of grief. It doesn't have to be to the level of grief that we've experienced in my family. Never would I wish this on anyone. But it is an idea to give you some form of conversation conversations to go through and just kind of give that empathic, you know, understanding of the different stages as it is discussed. So she, and I wish I remembered her name and you can look it up, but her book is all on grief. And this is like how she broke it down. And she talks about five stages. I break in a sixth. And so I want you guys to just be able to have some information just from somebody who's personally lived it and what I do when I teach it to my clients and coaching students and stuff too, just to have that empathy empathic ability within their own business too. So here's the thing. As I was going through the different events in my life, I noticed that I'd gone to counselors every, every couple of years I should start here. My husband and I go for marriage counseling. We've been together since we were 14 and 15 and that was in 2002. So we've been together since 2002. And so every couple of years, we just go to get like an outsider to just kind of mediate and help us through any kind of miscommunications or anything. So that way we don't build resentment on different aspects. Because again, there is a very big difference between how we communicate. We learned about the five love languages, Gary Chapman and everything like that. But there was still some stuff that we had disconnected on over the years. And we wanted to make sure that, especially since we had children, we never wanted to create a form of trauma on them 
from our aspects of being unhealed. So as I was going through, you know, different events in my life in regards to my sister's addiction and, and dealing with social services and raising my nephew and trying to, you know, be a good parent and beating myself up about it. I was grieving the loss of her even before I lost her. And I would tell her these things. And my sister, Nikki, she understood and, and felt it, but she didn't know how to stop it. And so it's like watching a car accident. So here's the thing. When we lost her, we had already kind of talked about these things. And the very first stage is denial. And people will come in through the stage of denial and, and they won't believe it's happened. But because we had already kind of been grieving, we, we knew it was coming. Like we could see it. We could try, we tried everything to stop it. But again, you can't stop somebody who's, you know, hell bent on doing it, not wanting to love themselves. And so in that grief, we couldn't understand how we could make a change or a pivot in that. And denial is the first stage. So you start to go through everything is like, this isn't real. This isn't happening. And yes, it hit us. Like I, there was moments where I was like, this is all a dream. Like, this isn't real. This is a dream. And I, I like would open my Facebook and people were sending me all these messages. And I was like, this isn't real. Like, this isn't, this doesn't feel real. I, I don't accept this. Like, I remember even saying like, I don't accept this. Like, no, this isn't just deny. And it just does not work. And so what ended up happening is I ended up really having to go through, you know, assessing, okay, like this is real. And then I tell myself, you know, how some people go through anxiety and they'll be like, Hey, I'm counting four breaths. I see three things. I feel two things. And you know, like I can smell one thing, like going through that. I had to bring myself back in those like anxiety moments of being centered and understanding that I'm not dreaming. This is my new reality and this is real. And so as it kept getting worse in my grief, I would look around to others. And some people were in such denial that they're like, it's like she's on vacation and she's going to come home. And that's like, again, that part of your mind that's starting to bargain on this denial aspect. And in business, people will do this too. Like, well, they'll, they'll just, you know, keep denying that this isn't a reality. Like, let's say a product or something that you may have created no longer is relevant. And they just keep going like, oh, they'll come back. They'll come back. It's a form of denial where you're trying to protect yourself. But in reality, you're only hurting yourself more. So I want you to start to understand that denial works not only in the loss of a human life, but it works in all aspects where we try and protect ourselves from that. But in turn, you're probably hurting yourself because the moment the real truth hits and like I start to realize this is my new reality, it hits hard. And this takes you into the next one, which is anger. So then you get angry. I got angry at the loss of her. I got angry at her. I got angry at the people who had done the, the leading factors to her from the doctor who prescribed her opioids when she technically should never have had it to the people who got her hooked on fentanyl by lying to her about what they gave her to the people who sold her fatal dopes. Like I was angry. And then I quickly shifted into sadness, which is stage three. And when you're sad, you are in an aspect of disbelief in that sadness because you can't even... You can't even feel anything else. Like it's just so raw, so painful. And I would never wish it on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. And the biggest part is a lot of times people really get stuck there. They get stuck in that angry and sadness and it'll go back and forth. It doesn't say that once you've healed from one of these stages of grief that it goes away. It doesn't. It's still like a button that gets censored and hits and like there's touching points. Like on April 10th, that's like the worst day for us because that's the day she passed away. On her birthday, we still celebrate her, but I do my best to try and find the positive. So the day she passed away, April 10th, we've named it her angelversary and we try and pivot from that anger and sadness into something where we celebrate her life. And we look at the attitude of gratitude and the fact that we had 27 years with her. So why am I sharing that? Because after you get through the denial, after you get through the anger and the sadness comes bargaining, the what if, 
What if I had done this, would this have happened? What if I had been there, would this have been different? What if I had, you know, done something in, in seventh grade differently? You know, you start to play this game and it's also not helping you because it doesn't change the new reality. It doesn't change what has actually become. And so these are very, you know, you know, toxic cycles, if you stay in them, it's healing, go through them. Don't, don't avoid them. I tried to avoid them. I tried to be this efficient OCD individual that was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I kept like using affirmations being like, it's okay. I'm okay. And like, I would just keep going through it. But the thing is, is I was just preventing the inevitable. And when it hit, it hit hard, as I said. And so I really implore that you really go through all of these and just see like what area in your life are you maybe not fully healed on? Have you gone through, again, going through denial, anger, sadness, and now bargaining? Now, the last stage is acceptance. And when people say acceptance, it doesn't make it okay. You're not like, okay, I'm better now. It's not. But what I'm saying is now you're aware of what's happened. You now accept that it's a reality and you're not as angry as you were and as sad as you were. So you're functioning but a piece of you might be gone. And that's where I was. So then I didn't agree that that was it. Like that was just the five stages and you're done and you just had to wait for time to heal all wounds as they say. So for me, I was like, I need more. So I, I went to counselors, I went to psychologists. Like I was like, tell me the quickest way to grieve. Like, and I like, said it like that. Like I was angry at them for not just having like a checklist. Like I wanted a checklist on grief and I kind of just gave you one, but there is no real checklist because there, all of us will grieve differently and it depends on the severity and how we cope and also who you are as an individual and how far and quick you want to rise. But for me, I had to find a way to do something out of this to make it better for me. And that wasn't it was selfish and it wasn't, I, I just needed a way to kind of change my narrative. I needed a way to force myself out of the stories I was telling myself and the stories other people kind of put me in a box on. Cause like I was the girl who lost my little sister from a drug overdose. People kept looking at me like that and talking about it like that when I'd go into my old town. So I avoided them. I avoided them because they couldn't see me as me. They couldn't see me. And I cared at that time about that. And then after a while I was like, I don't really care about what they think about me. Why do I even want to let that hold me back? And so for me, it just was the feeling, the feeling of being associated as only that. I want to talk about her. I want to be able to bring a message from her, from her life to help maybe make a difference in somebody else's life. And so from there, I've utilized this. I've allowed that to be my driver, my, my golden force on what can we do to make a difference? And so here is step number six after you've gone through again i'm saying these all in summary so you actually get them in your head but after you go through denial and you go through anger and sadness and you go through bargaining and then you go into acceptance there's finding the lesson the lesson what is the lesson and when i say that i mean what is our soul's lesson? And this is where I get deep on my spirituality, but I believe that all of us come from a place of, of being a soul in some higher form. And if you don't agree with this, take it with a grain of salt, move on if you don't, no harm here. But I personally believe, and like I've learned Akashic records, I do readings and as a psychic medium, I have had these communications with the other side and I don't care what other people want to say to me about this. I just know my truth. So this is my truth and I'm just sharing it with you. Take what you like. But our soul's lesson, I believe that prior to incarnating in this earth, we choose life lessons for us. And these life lessons provide an opportunity for somebody to be the teacher and somebody to be the student. So in this loss, she was a teacher and I was a student in the grief. And so through that, I could hold an energy of anger, resentment, grief, you know, all of that. Or I could look at what is the lesson that I learned from it. And for me, the loss of my sister, 
I ended up understanding that there needs to be a narrative where people can feel safe in communicating these different things that are happening. There's an opioid crisis and a lot of people weren't talking about it because it was touching. They didn't want to hurt people's feelings in this loss, but I'm in this loss and I'm saying it needs to be talked about. People need to bring this awareness. And a lot of us are here trying to bring awareness, but some people just get awkward in these conversations because they don't know how to compute, which is why I'm bringing this podcast to you today, because I need you to hear it. So you know how to receptively have these conversations with others or yourself and just know you're not alone. And that's the point of this. But here's the thing. I found in my loss, the life lesson, the soul lesson for me was to really overcome the fact that it's not about me. None of this is about me. This is about her soul and what she chose to do and what I can do to try and make something better out of it. What did I learn from it? Well, I learned that my OCD and controlling factors had nothing to do with her because I tried day and night to make a difference in it. And here's the thing. If they're not going to reach out and take that support, we can't force them. The other part is a lot of times there's a lot of people who really are just struggling from a mental health issue. It's not just addiction. It's mental health. They don't feel supported. Maybe they don't have somebody that they can communicate and connect with. So they choose to self-numb because they don't want to cope through the environment or the trauma that they incurred. And the other thing too is they have a hard time maybe forgiving themselves for things that they've done instead of things that have happened to them. And so I started to really go through that. And I was like, yeah, there was a lot of things I could have done better. Like there was a lot of times that I know she was talking to me and I would hear her, but I wouldn't say like, I hope you forgave yourself. Like I never said that. So then this became part of my narrative. Like I had already forgiven her. And thankfully we actually had a really great communication relationship where we would speak very bluntly to each other to the point where like, we're kind of dudes and we're very tomboy. And the energy that we brought to the conversations was very masculine driven, but we had no problem speaking our truth. But a lot of times that's an issue, but I felt very grateful that we had done that. And a lot of times that's not always said. And so I wish I had said more gentler things to her is where I'm going with that. And then the other part too is what other lessons did I learn? Well, in that grief, we had a community come together. There were so many people that came together for us and was supportive and really helped to bring everyone, you know, a form of, you know, just connection and not letting you do it alone. And that's something that I will never take for granted. I hope everybody, everybody in this world has somebody that they can do that with. We didn't even ask. I have a hard time asking for help sometimes. And a lot of these people just showed up with food. They showed up with hugs and I will not tell you enough how much that made a difference. And the fact that people would check up on me, even though I, again, wasn't very communicative at that time, please don't take that as a dismiss from people that are struggling in grief. Please understand that we're just trying to breathe in that moment, but I appreciated every message, everything. And as long as you, they were doing it for the right reasons. I had some people that were basically fishing for information that was, that was on their ego. And I understand that. So I just ignored them. But when people came from a place of love, I wasn't able to see that difference and feel that difference. And that became a part of the narrative of where I was like, Hey, this book that this woman wrote and went on Ellen DeGeneres and dear Lord, I wish I remembered her name. I'll put it in the notes later, but she actually had said like, people would then ask like, what can I do? We are putting another task on us in the middle of our grief, which means we're not only struggling trying to breathe ourselves and function and, and make it through a day, but now you kind of put like a homework assignment on us to help you find something to make yourself feel better and comforting us. What I implore you to do is listen to what she said. And it's like, just show up, just be there or bring a dish or help out with the kids. Like I had a friend that, you know, just really took my daughters so I could go to my sister's service. Cause I spoke at her funeral and part of her eulogy and I could not have done it with my daughters there. They were babies at the time. And I just really, really, really am. I'm forever grateful for that friend just being like, I'm here for you. I, I'll do this. Like I didn't ask. She just offered. And those little things, I didn't know 
how to ask. I didn't know if I was over, like it just, it was those things where I just even wasn't thinking in reality, I wasn't thinking. And so I want you guys to be able to understand in grief, there are so many stages, but these lessons and this appreciation and this narrative, it's allowed me to find my why in my business. I am always trying to find a way to not only, you know, gain more freedom to be able to make more memories with my children and find ways to help other women find that, you know, empowerment in themselves through connecting them to their body, mind, soul in their own intuitive connection and in finding their driving why as to what gifts they bring to the world. Because I believe we're all intuitive and we all have a gift and we all have a mission and a purpose, but like to help them eliminate those external narratives and searching for validation from others. That is the worst thing that we could do because it's just holding you back from your own potential. So as I say all of this, I want you to understand in your grief, whether it's personal, professional, whether it's in, you know, grief of a job to grief of a loved one, you are going to go through stages of denial, anger, sadness, bargaining, acceptance, but I want you to find your lesson. And from there, that's where you can go back and turn your mess into your message. And that is something that I'm always helping my clients do because a lot of times that's going to be your superpower. That's going to be something that you've experienced that not many other people have. And if you've come through and like, Brene Brown has a quote and it says, show the scar, not the wound. So you're not showing you're like, for me, I actually had to take myself out of my business for a while and work and heal on me before I was able to give any form of unbiased advice and support for other people because I needed to make sure I was healed. I couldn't come to the table and bring a bunch of, you know, unhealed advice and, and I guess negativity because I I was in a bad place. I needed to work on me and, and work on that. And so don't overwork yourself is what I'm saying. And I'm not telling you to like quit your job. If you're going through grief, I'm telling you though, like don't overstep making sure that you understand which narrative is coming up. And if it's coming from a place of love and light or ego, like there was a lot of me that was reactive and that's more ego versus just feeling and going with your inner knowingness and your gut instinct. That's, that's intuition. It's just whatever wording and verbiage you choose to use. And again, understanding that this ties back into your personal and professional relationships and scaling that. And so I hope that this hits you in a place that's going to give you an opportunity to grow. I will give you some more information as I grow and learn. And I want you to know that everything I share is from a place of I'm healed now. Like I, I am always going to miss and love my sister. And I do things and treat in honor of her. And that's why I bring her up. But I want you to know that you can do that too in your life. And you can do this opportunity to help make a difference in the lives of others by just speaking your truth and bringing your life lessons to the table through your healing experience. And you noticed that the very last one is where you find the lesson. And it's because now you've worked through the emotions that need to be worked through. Don't try and do what I did. Like I will always say like, I failed here. Don't do this. I was very angry for a while and I was very sad and I was trying to work in that. And that was not a healthy place. So I had to take myself out and come into a place of acceptance and remove that bargaining again and, and really own that. And it will jump around. Don't beat yourself up if you slip back into a, into a space. So every April 10th, I, I actually take the day off. I try my best not to be around too many people. And I really want to try and do something to honor her. So we actually do pay it forwards in, you know, a way of creating an opportunity to change the narrative too. So we actually have created these pay it forward cards in loving memory of her. And it has her picture and it, it ties to her Facebook group, which is in loving memory of Nikki Bandman. So you're always welcome to join in there. And if you've ever done a pay it forward, we actually, we ask you to share it in there. Like say like you inspired a pay it forward, Nikki, and this is in honor of you. It's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with my family or anything like that. It's just a way that we try and keep her memory alive. And that is a big part of the lesson. She was such a giving individual that we just try and carry it forward 
her honor and for her son. And he gets to see and hear these stories. And it's just such a beautiful circle. And so I want you guys to just take what I said and grab what you resonate with and leave the rest behind because I never, ever preach my stuff as fact. It's just, this is my truth and I hope it helped you. So have a great day, guys. Much love. Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on. Because if I don't know it, I'm very honest and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again and have a great day.